Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. So what I can say is that it may seem like estate planning can be confusing because we've talked about a lot of different alternatives here, but really it doesn't have to be an over overly complicated process. And I know that when you're divorced, it's exhausting and you're finding like, oh, I signed the papers. I can remember that. Like I can remember working with the client and seeing like, this is my, I'm done, but you're kind of only 80% done at that point because you have to do post decree work, which is stuff that happens after this should be a part of that. And it's as simple as making a phone call because you want to make sure that your state planning immediately reflects your wishes, your beneficiaries, and your new status and naming the right people to be there to support you for financial decisions, healthcare decisions. And if God forbid something were to happen, like where does your stuff go? And just because the document, the divorce decree says not to my spouse, doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to your spouse's heirs. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. You are in for a treat today. I have Melissa Miroslavich. Did I say that right, Melissa? You did. All right. That was a tricky last name, but I'm so thankful that Melissa is here with me. She's kind of a new friend that I met through Collaborative Law. And I think what's going to be really good for the listeners is Melissa's going to talk about estate planning. And I know if you are kind of at the end of divorce or even in the midst of it, sometimes people aren't thinking about their estate plan. But here's the deal. You usually have to just start all over and do another one. And so it's an important step that I don't want my clients to forget. And listeners, I don't want you to miss it. So if you're just starting out in divorce process, make a little note so that you know to do these things after. And if you, you know, are at the end of your divorce, contact Melissa. We'll have that information in the show notes. So today we're just going to talk about how estate planning is different when you've gone through a divorce than it is prior to the divorce. So Melissa, I'm so thankful that you're here. I was reading your bio. People, she's a really smart cookie. You've got a lot of accolades and they're really impressive. And that'll be in the show notes too. But I know we're going to get some great advice from someone who's got a lot of good, thoughtful information. But before we get into that, Melissa, I always like to hear my guests' authentic stories. And because you're new to me, you know, I have a little bit of an idea that you had a business before you became an attorney. Can you just share so we get to know you a little bit? Sure. I'm happy to do that. And I'm super happy to be here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I'm excited to be able to talk about this information with your listeners. I came to the law, actually, so I am an attorney, um, but I came to the law later after having had a career first. I was a business owner and I owned a photography studio. And so um, I had three iterations of that studio in different spaces. I had employees and I spent most of my career working in the business and working with families. 
And so when I decided to go to law school and a lot of my clients were like, what are you doing? <laughs> why would you do this? And actually, I will say during law school, I had a couple of moments where I thought, yeah, why am I doing this? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, now that I'm out of law school and have moved on and have a career as an attorney, I can tell you that full circle, I love working with families. And so um, that's been true all along. And when I was a photographer, I was thinking about this the other day, I was really preserving people's moments in time and milestones and achievements and, you know, celebrating things. And I was thinking, gosh, what I do now really is still preserving legacy. I just do it in a different way. It's maybe not as pretty, but it's definitely has legal authority. And I think really puts people in a much better place. And the whole way I do that is through education. And I did that actually when I was a photographer as well, talking with people about how do you look and where do you stand and let's be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And I do the same thing now when I meet with clients. I It's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about estate planning because we're talking about death and that's sometimes hard. And I don't think our culture handles it very well. And so what I try to do is provide a safe space and hold space to have these conversations so that we can have intentional decision-making and knowledgeable decision-making about your estate planning and what's going to happen and how do we protect you, your family, and your assets. So it's not all about assets. It's actually also about protecting family, which becomes really important when we're talking about divorce because your family structure is changing. And so that will affect your estate planning, not only during your divorce process, also after your divorce. So that's why I think it's important. And I'm happy to be here to talk about it today. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that is really interesting. And I love how you, the parallel between the photographer and the estate planning I never even thought about that, but that is, that's really cool. And you can use the things that you learned in that to help you be a better, more well-rounded. And there's, you know, nothing more difficult than death and divorce, you know, let's be frank. And so if you can help someone who's just gone through that real difficult time and look at their estate plan, and there might be some people who don't even have an estate plan yet. So maybe they're just going to do one after divorce. But can you explain how it might be different? I have all kinds of questions about what do you do about your kids and the guardian. So if you can just start out by letting the listeners know, and I'm going to take notes so I get better and learn too. What is different when you're doing an estate plan as a married couple? And then after you divorce, what do you need to be aware of? The very first question we need to talk about. And what I want to do is take one step back and identify three documents because how these documents are used depends on where you are in the divorce process. So when you're doing an estate plan, I do think some people think like, oh, an estate? (laughs) I don't have an estate. You know, maybe we think Downton Abbey and we have castles and sprawling, you know, rolling greens and things like that. Uh, But quite frankly, if you have any stuff and you have any bank account, you have an estate because it really, your estate is your stuff. And so what estate planning does is figures out what are we going to do with our stuff? But there's two things that, that also are part of state planning. So most people think, okay, if we think in a state and we think about death and we think about what happens to my stuff when I die. And that's really important. And there's two documents that can serve that purpose to help people out. One is a will and one is a trust. And they have similar outcomes, but different ways of getting there, which we can talk about. There's two other documents, which I would argue are even more important. And these two are lifetime documents. So these are documents that actually exist while you are alive. And one is called a power of attorney. And that is the document that gives people who you've named the authority to make financial decisions on your behalf. And that's legal authority. So it's a really important, very tiny, but mighty document. 
And then the second document that's also a lifetime document is called the healthcare directive. Some people call it the living will, but healthcare directive. And this is the document that is giving people in your life the legal authority to make healthcare decisions on your behalf. And those two documents exist while you're alive. The will and the trust come into effect. Well, the trust kind of spans everything, but effectively is going to distribute assets after you die. The reason it's important to understand that there's three documents is these three documents might act differently depending on where you are in your divorce process. So what I want to say is if you are married, there are certain laws that are in place for you that would give, even if you don't have estate planning, the courts the ability to distribute your assets the way the statutes have done it for you. So they've set it up for you. If you don't want to do it that way, you have to create your own estate plan. While you are in the process of divorcing, you're probably not changing maybe the will and where the assets are going to go because you do need to change that after the fact. But during the process, if you have a power of attorney in place and a healthcare directive, it's very likely you've named your spouse in those roles. And the question I would have for a client is, while you're going through this process, do you still want in your life, in your capacity, do you still want your spouse to be in those roles if something were to happen to you? And it's okay if the answer is yes. It's also okay if the answer is no. You just need to know that there's things you can do about that to make sure that your needs are being met. And if something were to happen that had you in a position where you were incapacitated, the correct people are making decisions for you no matter where you are in the process. So I think that's one of the biggest differences is the during the marriage versus after the marriage is what documents are in place and where you are physically, like if you have capacity, if you have incapacity. Yeah. And Melissa, I just love, for one, I want to thank you because that has never been brought up on this podcast. And I really haven't heard it a lot. Now, I, I know this in my mind, right? Yeah. But it's not something that I have brought up to my clients. And I will start because isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. If you're going through it collaboratively, you may still want to have your husband named as the one who's going to make decisions on your finances or for your health care. But you may not. You may want to change that. And those are easy documents to change. Are they not? They're not long. They're not. So, wow, that is, check that up. That's a huge point that you just made. And I so appreciate learning that and sharing that. And I will keep that in my head as I'm helping people through the divorce process. So really, really amazing information right there. Well, thank you for doing that. Cause I do think it's important and, and a divorce process isn't a fast process. So at least, so I should also have said in the beginning, I am a recovering divorce attorney. <laughs> so I've been working family law. So I did family law and estate planning and I've transitioned to estate planning fully. But what makes that, what I think makes my experience unique is that I also understand when somebody's going through a divorce process or has recently been, been divorced, how exhausting and emotionally taxing that process is. And to be able to take that into account when we're having more difficult conversations about where your assets now go and how to figure that out. But that's what I mean when I talk about we hold space for that and have understanding that estate planning is really about your lifetime and you have documents that move with you throughout your life and change as your needs change. And we want to meet those needs in a way where you're educated to do so. But yeah, that power of attorney and healthcare directive, if your divorce takes four months, six months, 18 months, three years, whatever it takes, you might change your mind about how you feel about your spouse in that role. And that's okay. 
Yep. Amen. Such good advice. Okay. So we've got people thinking about these documents. Would you mind talking a little bit about beneficiaries? Is that a good next step in your mind? You're the, you're the pro on the estate planning. Yeah. Let's do that. I want to talk a little bit about this will be a good segue into talking about guardianships. When sort of the, it kind of plays off of the conversation we had, we were starting to have about when you're married versus divorced. Like, what does that actually yes. mean when it comes to estate planning? This will affect kids too. So when you're married, there are certain laws that just apply to you without having any estate planning in place. So for example, if you're married and you die and you don't have a will, your children will be cared for by your spouse. Like the statutes are set up to sort of give estate planning to you. It also means that your surviving spouse would inherit almost all of your assets under Minnesota law. So this is also Minnesota specific. So if we have listeners who are not in Minnesota, they need to make sure they're talking to an attorney in their state about their estate plans. There's good reasons that those laws exist because if you don't have something, you something in place, we need, we need to know where the stuff is going to go and where the kids are going to be cared for and all of that kind of stuff. So the, the law is really there to protect you if you haven't, haven't made changes for yourself. But the thing is, is once you're divorced, we have this automatic revocation, which means it stops in Minnesota where your spouse no longer is automatically going to get your assets. And that would make sense, right? We, we can see why. While you're married, your spouse is automatically, if you don't have any estate planning in place, you're the person who's going to be making decisions for you regarding like how your assets get distributed. Mostly they go to the spouse, but there's, they're called an executor. Most people know the executor role in Minnesota. It's personal representative. If you have a will or trustee, if you have a trust, but that's the role of the spouse. When you divorce Minnesota statute revokes that authority. So your spouse no longer is your executor, which begs the question then who is your executor? Right. And if you haven't named somebody, now we've got confusion, right? So now it's like, oh, something that was clear is no longer clear. So that also goes into effect when we start talking about kids and guardians. And one of the reasons I um, love collaborative law, and I'm on the Collaborative Law Institute board, is that I think that process for divorce is so much healthier, has so much more respect and dignity for for the people involved and for your family. So I'm a firm believer in it. And one of the things you can do with collaborative law, I think more easily is have conversations about, okay, what are we going to do with the guardianship with our children? Because ultimately when you're divorced, you're going to make a decision about that. The The state is still going to say most likely spouse mm-hmm. would be the guardian if you were to pass. However, what if your spouse, what if you're divorcing because your spouse is having chemical issues or there's abuse happening or there's other things in place and now we've got custody issues? that you work through. Those kinds of things will actually be a part of your estate plan. And you need to know and have sort of agreements about that, but you can make agreements in a collaborative process with your spouse about what happens if both of you pass away. So let's say we're divorced. Mom passes away. Dad is the custodian is going to be the guardian of the kids. Dad passes away. Now what? And what's great about a collaborative process is you can have that conversation and be still be together about who is the backup? Who's the backup to us, the parents, if something were to happen to both of us? And those agreements can be put into your divorce documents, and then they can be put into your state planning documents after. So you can make these conversations happen sooner and be planful about what happens with taking care of your kids. Because honestly, that's what most people are super concerned about in a divorce. Oh, 
right? The most important thing. Okay. So you're telling me, I love this. I love collaborative law. I love people working together through a divorce. So you're telling me they can put in their divorce paperwork, they can agree to what they're both going to separately put into their estate plans. Is that kind of what you're saying? What I'm saying is that they can make an agreement to say, yeah, this is who we want as our backup. Now, there's going to be some issues with whether or not you can fully enforce that. So there's always enforceability questions, right? But from the court's perspective, you now have an agreed upon decree that talks about what's happening later. And so that's something that you can fall back on and you can say, hey, look, we have this agreement in place. This agreement is something we agree to. This is what it said. This is where it needs to be. So it gives you evidence. It gives yeah. you something to show because there's always going to be enforceability questions. And, and I tell clients this all the time, like people can can litigate or sue you for whatever reason. The real question is more about, are you going to win? How, what, is the, what is the more likely outcome? And you want to set things up in your favor, right? Right. I was thinking about, this question kind of led me to think about a client of ours. They were going through a divorce process and the biggest concern and hang up was really about money going to the kids if both of them were to die. And the reason that was an, a concern was because the, the child in question had special needs and needed mm-hmm. some supplemental care. And there was a concern that like the flow of the money after the divorce, if somebody, if somebody passed away, then the spouse got all the money, but it didn't go to the child. And like, how are we going to, how are we going to make sure the child was taken care of? And so what they did was they talked to us as part of that divorce process about what are our options? What can we do? And in this case, what we did was we said, okay, what we're basically going to do is set up a trust for that child so that if either parent passes away, that money will go into a trust. And it was a special trust because this, this child was on SSI and had MA and so mm-hmm. social security income and medical assistance. What happens with that is if you are on that and you inherit money, it can kick you off because you now have assets. Right. But if we plan ahead and we know that that's a potentiality. We can say, you know what? This child isn't going to inherit directly. This child is going to inherit what's basically a supplemental needs trust. So they get the money in trust. The money is held for their benefit and can support their living without knocking them off of SSI or MA. None of that could have been possible unless we had the two collaborative attorneys who were working mm-hmm. with clients about this concern pulled in an estate planning attorney to talk about what options do we have that we can also make sure we're holding this child up and taking care. And the both parents wanted to, and just didn't know how. And so it's very common with people who are having going through divorce to have concerns about their partner's parenting skills or what do we have? What if we have medical issues in our family? What if we have a kid who does have some substance issues and is dealing with that? The estate planning is a device that can help plan for that guardianship when and if it's needed. And so I think that's really important. And that's sort of a subcategory, I guess, of guardianship, which is a subcategory of the whole plan. When you're getting divorced, you know, and Melissa, you thank you for shedding light on this too. Is I'm feeling like every divorce should have an estate planning attorney as part of it. What a value add that is because yeah. you're, you're dealing with it while you're in the midst of it. I almost think it would be easier because you know, why wait till the end to, to deal with all of the things and, do it when you're in agreement 
you know, I mean, especially that's amazing if you can do that. But I'm even thinking in high conflict divorces. Why aren't we talking about the estate plan and what's it's really divorce and beyond. And that's what I like to think of. Let's get these, let's get our listeners set up so they can have a better life after divorce. And this is one piece that can help them with that. So I'm just, I'm sitting here learning so much and loving this. And I'm a little bit of a geek about the trust and everything because I used to be an elder law attorney. (laughs) I love that. Oh, Yeah, it's not, that isn't new to me, but so all of this is so beneficial. And so I think I'm going to start talking about estate planning to my clients when we start the divorce process, when we start that paperwork, so they can start thinking about it, planning, getting ready for it, maybe calling in an estate planning attorney as you're going through it. It's a better way to work together. So I love that. And then, and as I'm thinking through this, so we talked a little bit about beneficiaries. What happens with things like, okay, so you're married and you have a 401k and you name your wife as a beneficiary. Mm-hmm. So when you get divorced, is your wife still the beneficiary? Well, so that's the thing is when you have straight beneficiaries like that, you need to change your beneficiaries. I mean, you, that's like one of the things we tell clients. Actually, even when we're doing not a divorce situation, but a client comes in and we're working with estate planning documents, we're setting them up for the first time or revising them. We always say you need to go back to your accounts that have beneficiary designations and double check because those pass directly. So you need to make sure that they're updated to meet your wishes. And so it's really, really important. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll use the the accounts that have straight beneficiary designations for certain purposes. So we can use it for tax planning purposes and estate tax purposes and things like that. So you might have a beneficiary that actually is a charity in some, in, in a certain circumstance that isn't passing to your designated people because you're trying to do some estate tax planning. That beneficiary goes to the charity and then the trust is set up to distribute funds in a different way. Or we can flow all the money through the trust. It sort of depends on the unique circumstance, but yes. That is, we, we talk to clients about that every time. Every signing I'm in, I'm like, now you need to go back and double check, triple yeah. check those beneficiary designations on those accounts because those aren't probated. There's no court that's stepping in. I suppose you could fight it at some point, but you but need I mean, a beneficiary designation, they just pass. Yeah, ultimately, so if you're divorced, you pass away and you haven't changed that beneficiary, everything can go to your ex-spouse. Now it's confusing, right? It is confusing. So yeah, yeah, real, real important. And I do try to remind my clients of that, (laughs) but that's a, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember everything. So I think just getting that estate planning attorney involved and to be thinking about that, they're going to alert you if you need to be thinking, you know, what you need to be thinking of. And I will keep telling my clients, Melissa, this. So we work very closely. I'm sorry, we're probably almost out of time, but we're, we work very closely to what I think of as a triad. So I think of as the estate planning attorney has one lens, your financial planner has another lens, mm-hmm. and then your CPA has another lens. So yep. you've got the three of us coordinating to make sure that the assets are distributing correctly, but also that we're meeting your needs and also that everybody's sort of watching the whole picture of what can be happening with taxes and, yep. and things like that too. So yeah, it's really important. So hopefully all three of those folks are also telling people, you need to update your retirement. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really, really love that you said this because I have not been calling in estate planning attorneys. I guess I call in 
financial advisors. Yes, I call in accountants and tax people. This is something new that needs to be a piece of the puzzle because you might pay a little bit, but it's going to save you in the long run. You know, if you pay it up front and get everything in order, I just, it's such a huge benefit. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the saddle up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses and sign up for the parenting plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. The time is ticking away. It's gone so fast. And Melissa, I want to have you back on because I just feel like I want to delve in more to more information. But this has yeah. been so good. Thank but you. Yes, you know, because I'm sitting here in my barn. I've got some apples <laughs> over there. As I get towards the end, I have what I call the saddle up segment where I ask my guests for one little piece of advice or a key takeaway, something they can do right away to make their life better. So what I can say is that it may seem like estate planning can be confusing because we've talked about a lot of different alternatives here, but really it doesn't have to be an over, overly complicated process. And I know that when you're divorced, it's exhausting and you're finding like, oh, I signed the papers. I can remember that. Like I can remember working with the client and seeing like, this is my, I'm done, but you're kind of only 80% done at that point because you have to do post decree work, which is stuff that happens after this should be a part of that. And it's as simple as making a phone call because you want to make sure that your state planning immediately reflects your wishes, your beneficiaries and your new status and naming the right people to be there to support you for financial decisions, healthcare decisions. And if God forbid something were to happen, like where does your stuff go? And just because the document, the divorce decree says not to my spouse, doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to your spouse's heirs. There's a whole dynamic we could talk about with that too. There's a court case going on right now, which we don't know totally what the answer is going to be, but we're going to find out. So make a phone call. What I'd like to offer your listeners is if they would like to give us a phone call to have that initial consultation, we will do that complimentary. Just make sure that they name that they saw us and they know Lisa, and we'd be happy to do a complimentary consult with any of your listeners here who live in Minnesota. Yes. (laughs) Minnesota, um, Minnesota residents, we'll do a complimentary consultation to just talk about those three documents and make sure that those needs are met. So we're happy to do that. That is so good. And Melissa, thank you so much for that, for the listeners. And now, how do they find you? We will have it in the show notes, but where where do they find you? What website are you on and where else are you out there in 
Instagram. Oh my God. If you can spell Miroslavich, you'll probably find my photography. <laughs> so Shroman Law is where I work. S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N law.com. But really call the office because Kim will answer. And Kim is amazing. And our number is 651-571-2515. And Kim will take care of you. She'll get you set up with a conversation with one of the attorneys here, myself or Rachel. And we'd be happy to talk with you. Plus, she's just a joy. And she has a master's in writing and can do intent letters. She's amazing. (laughs) Well, I love that. And listeners, I love that there's a person that they can call and talk to because sometimes Mm -hmm. don't we get tired of hitting buttons and waiting and So it sounds like a fabulous option and I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy gal and I I do. I appreciate this with all my heart. It was enlightening to me and to the listeners. So it's important information and I so appreciate you and I'm going to get you back on. Oh, that sounds great. I would love to come back, Lisa. It was a joy and a pleasure. You're wonderful and I love what you're doing. Keep doing it because collaborative is really the most benefit for families. I just, I love it. I think it's Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Melissa. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota divorce paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.